tuning in to the Remodel Church Podcast. We hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and hope it gives you perspective to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. 20 years ago, God gave me a vision. Now, here's the thing about when God gives you a vision. Just because he gives you the vision doesn't mean he supplies you with the details. God gives us a vision, and he calls us to walk in obedience, and he gives us the details along the way. 20 years ago, God laid on my heart that I needed to start a church whose vision was to be real, a place where you could talk about anything and everything and still be loved. And so I walked in obedience and started that church. But I begin to ask God this question, God, you've called me to tell people to be real, but I don't know how to be real. I don't know how to be real with myself. I don't know how to be real with others. I'm struggling, God, to be real with you. And then I came across this thing called the Enneagram. It's two Greek words, Ennea, the number nine, and gram, think about like telegram or Instagram, written down. Those two words, nine points on a piece of paper that describe people. A bunch of Catholic priests got together and they started looking at people and they looking at sins and looking at our beauty and our brokenness and they came up with a system of understanding people. And it's a beautiful thing, and this is why. The Enneagram doesn't just tell you what you are, but it helps you identify why you do what you do. The Enneagram gets that motivation. And if you have kids, you want to learn how to parent your kids, figure out how to motivate them. And so Tammy and I, we got married, and right, anybody get married, opposites attract, amen? So it feels like soulmates, and then it becomes cellmates, right? You're like, man, we are trapped in here forever. And, and, and my wife, man, she's got some things that are very different about her that are very different from me, and we struggled. And the Enneagram has helped us to learn to appreciate each other's beauty and to be able to understand each other's brokenness. And here's my prayer for you. This series is called You. God loves you, and God cares for you. And one of the things he wants to teach you is not just about him, but about yourself. So let's begin with a word of prayer and ask God to bless us today that you would do some work on you today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, join us today. God, we invite you to invite us to look at ourselves. God, you've created us. You designed us. You said in your word that before our mothers even held us, you knew us. That you intimately wired us and designed us for a reason and for a purpose. God, I pray that we would embrace that today and begin to understand ourselves. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, last week we talked about the one, the reformer. The person who sees the world the way it should be, they make the world a better place. They, they constantly are improving. That's the beauty of the one. The negative of the one is if they're not careful, they can just become critical and negative and tell everybody what's wrong. This week, we're shifting to the two. This one's called the helper. We love these people. Why? They help us. They serve. They're always at the PTA. They're Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, church, man. They serve. Man, if you're, if you're moving, the two show up. Nobody else does. All the two show up to help you, to come alongside and help serve you. This is who they are. Thank God for the twos. There's no church without the twos. The twos are serving so you can sit in here, okay? So thank God for them and just say thank you so much for serving at Sandals Church. They work in the parking lot. You're ticked off. You couldn't find a space. The twos are helping you find a space so that you can maybe get saved and go to heaven. So thank them. Thank them for what they do. So we're going to look at a two in the Bible today, and her name is Martha. Last weekend, we picked on the boys, two sons. This week, ladies, it's going to be dished in your direction. So just embrace. I'm not always picking on ladies, but this week, it's you. Okay, so as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman, whoa, named Martha. A woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Thank God for Martha. 
She had room for Jesus. Some of you have no room for Jesus in your home or in your hearts. Martha has room for Jesus in her home. So she welcomes Jesus over. Her sister Mary, and let me just say this. If you're raising kids and you're raising boys, praise God. You know when they don't like each other. Right? Somebody's bleeding. Something's broken. Like someone may be going to jail. That's what happens when you raise boys. When you raise girls, it's like North Korea. You never know when the nuke is coming. But, they're, but they're, they're ready. They're ready to kill us all. So when you're raising girls, just know this. Last week we talked about the boys, the prodigal son and the good son. This week we got two sisters and they hate each other. Okay, so we got Martha who welcomes Jesus into her home. Her sister Mary, the skinny cute one, it doesn't say that in the text. I'm just reading that in there, right? Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. Now some of you that's not a big deal. Okay, listen to me, if you're a woman, you want to know where you went to school 2,000 years ago? University of nowhere. That's where you went to school. You didn't get that as a joke. You didn't go to school. You weren't, 2,000 years ago, you didn't have legal rights. Your testimony was not valid in a court of law. You were seen as a second-class citizen, and all of your identity was wrapped up in your father, your husband, or your brother. Women were not allowed to learn. Look at Jesus. Jesus teaches women. He accepts them and allows them to sit right next to the boys, and he begins to teach them. So Mary is taking advantage of this opportunity. So she sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha, there's a big butt there. Remember, big butts don't lie. Write it down. But Martha, Martha, she was distracted. Listen to me, twos. You're wonderful. You're beautiful. You're amazing. You serve us. You help us. You're distracted. By what, pastor? Many things. Read the text. Many things. Oftentimes you get so wrapped up in the details, you get so wrapped up in helping, you miss opportunities. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner. Now let's give Martha some grace. How many of you would be a little nervous if Jesus was eating at your house today? Raise your hands. Okay, everyone's hands not up. You're a three, you're a liar. We're gonna talk to you next week. (laughs) If you're not nervous that Jesus is coming over to your house, let me tell you something. Your crock pot ain't good enough for Jesus. You better get home right now and start working. Can you imagine how stressed out you would be if the Lord Jesus Christ himself was coming over to your house to enjoy your mom's recipe? (laughs) Woo, like you're gonna be uptight. So Martha is distracted by the big dinner. She was preparing. Why? God's here. I'm feeding God. What are you doing today? I'm feeding God. So she came to Jesus and said, anybody detect a little unhealthy one here? Lord, it doesn't seem fair, right? Remember ones last week? You're our referees. You make sure everybody's doing it correctly. Right? Call a foul. Beep. Got to make sure everybody's right. Otherwise, the whole world unravels. She says, doesn't it seem unfair that my sister, listen to what she says, just sits. My sister's just sitting. I'm over here working. I'm over here slaving. The skinny one, she's, she's just sitting. Now, I'm adding in there. There's nothing about weight or, I'm just saying, girls are critical of each other, right? She says, she just sits there while I do all the work. As it always happens. This is mom and dad started this. This has been the problem, our whole relationship. I do everything. Mary gets all the credit. I do all the work. That's not in there. I'm just ad-libbing a little bit. It's interesting. Underline this, because we're going to get into the core sin of the two. Tell her, you're the Lord. You're in charge of everything, but I have a suggestion. Your lordship. I know that you're busy running the universe and making the sun right now warm our earth making trees grow. However, I have noticed something that maybe could use your attention. Tell her to come here and what? 
Help me. Everybody should be serving. Everybody should be helping. And that's the way to see the world. We should all be working. We should all be volunteers. We should all be soccer moms and soccer dads and baseball dads and baseball moms. We should all be at Adventure Team. We should all be in the parking lot. No one should park. Everyone should be on the parking lot team. No one park. Everyone get a vest. Tell her, her to come here and help me. But the Lord said to her, this is how Jesus tells you off. My dear Martha, you feel that? Ah, uh, Martha, 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 Martha. You are worried and upset over all these details. I don't know if he said this, but he, you are aware that I can fast for 40 days. Satan knows I can turn stones to bread. I'm pretty sure I can handle the crock pot maybe an hour late. Dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Listen to me, twos. How sad would it be if Jesus came over to your house and you missed spending time with him? You see, twos, you can get so wrapped up in preparing Christmas dinner that you miss enjoying your family at Christmas. For a two, it's easy to serve. It's easy to do dishes. It's easy to clean the house. It's easy to prepare. It's hard to actually sit and spend time with people and God. My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about, and Mary has discovered it. And it will not be taken away from her. Mary, a woman, is invited to sit at my feet and learn and hear everything that I have to say. Listen to me, twos. The most important thing that was happening at Martha's house that day was not the food that she was preparing, but the food Jesus was serving. His word. His word. And twos can miss this. Let me say this to you if you're a two. Praise God you're in here. If you're a two, you're in here, praise God. That's a miracle right there. Because you know what twos do? They don't go to church, but they do serve at church. Twos will serve at the 8 a.m. service, the 10 a.m. service, and the 11.45 service, and they will do that every single weekend for the entire year and never once make it into the worship center. Listen to me, twos. It's easy for you to serve at church. It's hard for you to actually go to church. We're going to talk about why. So let's talk about the helper. Who is the helper? The helper reflects God's heart for service. It's good to serve. We need service. We need people who work. We need people who volunteer. If our church doesn't have volunteers, we shut down in one weekend. One weekend. You know why churches have to hire people to do things? Because we don't have enough twos. People aren't serving. People aren't helping. Listen, the two reflects God's heart for service. When I first became a Christian, this is the first Bible verse I memorized. I never forgot it. It's the first verse I memorized when I became a Christian in college. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as ransom for many. How can you worship a servant and not serve? And you know why that is? Listen to me, church. We abuse twos. We take advantage of them. We let them do everything and we do nothing. When I was a little kid, I used to go to my grandma and grandpa's house. My grandpa was Italian. Different time, different place. But when my grandpa's coffee cup would get empty, he would just take his fingers on the dining room table and he would just do this. My grandma would come over, get his cup, fill it with coffee, come back. And it was empty, he would do it to his skin. So I got married. 
My coffee cup was empty. And Tammy was like, what's wrong with your fingers? You got a twitch? Okay. My grandma was a two, right? Grandma was a two. She'd just walk around making sure you, did you eat? Are you hungry? Are you hungry? Did you eat? 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 Let me, can I wipe your butt? Wipe your nose. What do I need to wipe? What do I, what, 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 what? You didn't need a bath. You just go to grandma's house. You were clean. <laughs> That's how she loved. She loved to serve, right? But let me tell you something. Some of you are going to take this test and you're going to go, you know what? I don't have any two. I don't have any two. I'm not going to help around the house. Mm, there's, a, there's a word for that, gentlemen. Divorced. That's what that word is. You can pray about that. Listen to me. I do not do the dishes at my house because I love doing the dishes. I do the dishes at my house because I love my wife and I love my kids and I want to stay married. That's why. That's why I do it. I don't love taking out the trash because I enjoy the smell of rotting food. I don't know about your house, but we don't take the trash out until you cannot get the bag out of the dispenser. That's when we know it's time. You get that? You get, yeah, yeah, yeah. It won't come out. That's when you know you got to change it. Does anybody's kids do this? My kids will come and see the full trash can and just set trash on top. Like we're building a snow cone. Boop, 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 boop. Thank you for doing that. Man. Sorry, I'm airing my grievances. What is the core motivation of the two? You got to understand the two. The core motivation of the two is to feel loved, and they feel loved when they feel useful. So don't tell the two to stop serving you. Let them serve you, but don't let them be abused by you. See, if twos are not careful, they can become codependent because they find their identity in serving and they lose who they are. So listen to me, if you're a two and you're a mom, you've got to prepare yourself for one day your kids are going to move out. And you know what happens if you're a two and you're a mom and that happens? Your life is over. You don't know who you are because your identity is wrapped up in what you do. Guys, men, listen to me. If you're a two, there's a day when you're going to have to retire. They're going to make you go home and stay. Do you know what happens, ladies, if you're married to a two and he retires? He doesn't know who he is anymore. He's lost his identity because who he is is wrapped up in what he does. Listen to me, twos. Your identity cannot be wrapped up in what you do, but it needs to be wrapped up in who you are. And you are a son or a daughter of the king. That's who you are. That's who you are. You're a child of God. So their motivation is to feel loved, but the inner need, write this down, the inner need, this is what's driving them. This is what's fueling them. They need to be needed. They need to be needed. One of my kids has a lot of two in them. She said to me, she said, Dad, I just don't feel like you need me. I said, I don't. Right? Is anybody like, man, I need some more teenagers around here, right? I just, we're running a little short. I said, I don't need you, baby girl. I said, but I love you. I love you. Do you. I got news for you guys. Did you know God doesn't need you? God's not up in heaven. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Oh, 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 I know. I'll create people that hate me. <laughs> Listen to me. God doesn't need you, but he loves you. 
True love is not codependent. It's not. I told her, I, I love you. I love you. I care for you. I, I want to be in relationship with you. But they need to be needed. What's my role? What's my purpose? If I'm not a wife, who am I? If I'm not a husband, who am I? If I don't have kids, who am I? If I don't have grandkids, what does that say about me? If I can't walk around constantly helping and serving people, then I don't know who I am. Listen to me, twos. It's okay to love serving, but you need to know you're more than that. God didn't just create you for service. He actually created you, listen, Martha's, for relationship. And Mary has chosen the right thing. So put down the crock pot and come sit at the table and learn. And learn. You're invited. Here's how you know the twos in your small group. As soon as the the sharing gets deep, they go to the dishes. Whoosh. Going to go clean. (laughs) Twos love to serve. For a two, the safest part of the party is preparing and cleaning. Everything in between is terrifying. Because there's nothing to do. And it's really awkward if you just go up and start wiping people. (laughs) Right? You can't do that. That's why twos really struggle when your kids don't need you as much. I actually look forward to that point. But for twos, it's scary. You don't need me? No. Mom, I'm 40. I'm good. It's okay. So what's their focus? Here's how twos get lost. They're so focused on the needs of others. Now, thank God for the twos, because without the twos, we would completely ignore everybody. Twos see needs. They see the needs of others. They care. They run in to help. Look, when you're moving, you know who's showing up? The twos. None of your other friends are showing up. They're like, oh, yeah, I got a bat in my back. Uh. Twos are like, hey, I'm there. What do you need? How can I help? What's going on? When you got cancer, the twos are there. How can I help you? How can I serve you? Right? Because when it gets uncomfortable for the rest of us, the twos feel very safe. They're beautiful, wonderful, amazing people. I remember when my wife's dad was dying of cancer. All the twos are all around. Because cancer in the end is really ugly. It's really ugly. And you have to relate to people who can't control their bodily functions the way that they used to. You know, twos don't care. They love you. They're great. They reflect the heart of God. God still loves you even when you stink. This is come here. Right? But here's the thing. What's the core sin of the two? And this is, let me tell you, if you're a two, your sin is the hardest sin to identify of any of the personality types. Like if you're a one, we know when you're angry. Even if you don't know, we know. <laughs> I'm not ticked. <laughs> Why does everyone think I'm angry? I don't know. It's shocker to me here's the hardest sin to detect it's the sin of pride but listen to me pride is what made the devil who he is and you're not called to be like the devil you're called to be like Christ pride is the one sin that the Bible says God always opposes if you are wrestling with pride you are wrestling with God and you will lose you say well But I just want to help people. So did Martha. But here's how her pride got the best of her. She thought she knew better than Jesus did what Mary needed to be doing. 
Think about that, twos. I know you're omniscient, all-knowing, all-powerful, almighty, but I'm a two, and I'm really concerned about what you're letting Mary get away with. Listen, do you remember what, what, she, what, what she said? Lord Jesus, you, you need to tell Mary, right? I know there's 10 commandments, Lord, but we need five for Mary. And here's the first one. Get off your butt. Go ahead, Lord. You're in charge. Martha, Martha, Martha. Martha. The course in his pride, here's what they avoid at all costs. Their own needs. Do you know what Martha needed? The Lord. She needed the Lord. Can you imagine, twos, Jesus Christ himself comes to your house and you don't spend any time with him? How sad is that? Jesus Christ comes to your house and you don't spend any time with him. That's what Martha did. Martha thought the dishes and the plates and the food was more important than Jesus. Whoa. They avoid their own needs. Here's their fear. The two fears being unworthy. Look, I don't know what happened to you when you were a kid. Let me just say this. We're all tweaked. None of our parents are perfect. None of our parents are perfect. I'm not perfect parents. I tell my kids, first 10 counseling sessions on me. <laughs> on me. I did some things when my kids were little. Like my girls have some unhealthy sense of fear, and I contributed to that. I, I made my girls, when they were little, watch Lord of the Rings. I'm not proud of it. My, my girls, sometimes they share stories. I'm like, you know, girls, there are inside family stories, and there are outside family stories. <laughs> I did this to my girls. I thought it was funny. I don't know what was wrong with me. I'm tweaked. I would literally go into their bedroom, flip off the lights, and, and say this, my precious, my precious, because that's normal. That's what a healthy, loving father does. Like, and and then, like, they tell that story. I'm like, can we, can we not tell that story? I'm, I'm fairly certain, you know, that's abuse, right? This is abuse. Like at the time, it seemed so funny, and now I'm like, oh my gosh, what is wrong with me? What's the underlying emotion of the two? Okay, so let me just say this. We'll talk more about this as I kind of baptize you slowly into this, but there are nine personality types, but there's really three underlying emotions. So the ones, last week, you're led by your gut. Remember I said, you were born with an internal compass or rudder. You know right from wrong. You don't even know why. You just know why. You just know. You know what's right. You know what's wrong. It's just inside you. The twos, the threes, and the fours, we're led by our hearts. And it doesn't mean that we're superior. It just means we're more emotional. So know this. If you married a two, three, or four, you're in for it. You're in for it. Okay, my wife's a six, never cries. Tell her all the time. You need to leak more. I tell her all the time. I cry all the time. Because I'm sensitive. <laughs> My kids, when we watch sad movies, they don't watch the movie, they watch dad's face. He's crying. <laughs> the, under, the underlying emotion is shame. I don't know what happened to you when you were a kid, but something happened inside you where you felt like the only time you're good is when you covered your shame with helping. Let me say this to you if you're a two. You can't outwork your shame. Only Jesus can. 
Here's one of the tragedies of modern pop psychology in our culture. For the last 40 years in America, we've been teaching kids they should never be ashamed. I don't know if you know this, but sometimes you should feel shame. Sometimes, wait for it, this is deep. You should feel bad. You should, sometimes. So what the modern world has said, you should never feel bad, and so we've pretended shame isn't real, and look what's happening to our young people. As a church, we need to readily accept shame because it's what sin brings. We need to accept our shame, and we need to understand this too. You can't outwork your shame. Only Jesus can. You have to take your shame to the cross. You have to take your shame to the cross. If you're a two, you want to clean it. There's blood all over it, and i got to make sure it's nice. Yeah, why is that blood there? To cover your shame. And here's what the twos are ashamed of. They're ashamed of having needs. If I was really who I was supposed to be, I wouldn't need anything. If God didn't think you needed anything, he wouldn't have created others. The Apostle Paul says this. Listen to me, twos. And my God, Paul says, will supply all of your needs, twos, according to his riches and glory that is in Christ Jesus. God wants you to have needs. It's okay to have needs. It's okay to need people. It's okay to need help. God didn't call you to be Superman. That's why he made Jesus. And by the way, even Jesus said things like this. I thirst. I need you to pray for me. I'm hungry. I need rest. Even Jesus had needs. It's okay. It's okay. So how a two needs to be real. Here's where I want you to start, twos, with yourself. It's easy to look at Martha and see where she's whacked. It's hard to look at yourself. Let me just affirm this in twos. It's good to serve God and family. Man, if you have a two in your family, you're blessed. They serve you. They take care of you. Your world operates wonderfully because of them. And you need to praise God for that. Never tell a two to stop serving. What we want to change is not their serving. We want to change why they serve. We don't want them to serve to try to cover up for something that's missing. We want them to serve just because they enjoy it and it glorifies God and it celebrates God's heart for service. And that's good. Because listen to me, too, if you serve with the right heart, pride will not bring you down. But when you serve with the wrong heart, what you do is you look around at the rest of us lazy bums and you start judging all of us. And that's what you do when you come to church. Oh, look at all these people who aren't serving. And you go find a one, and you gossip about the rest of us. The one's like, yep, they should, they should, they should, they should, they should. Or, if you're a high one too, you just sit by yourself and talk to yourself. <laughs> Romans twelve eleven: never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Look, if you scored like zero on the two, that doesn't mean you get a pass. You gotta serve. You gotta serve. You've got to. We need you to serve. You're commanded to serve. You don't have to pray about it. What if your kids and your family treated uh, literally you the way you treat God? God's like, I want you to serve the church. Well, I'm gonna pray about that. Ask your kids. We need you to help out and do chores. Well, I'm gonna get together with the kids at school and we're gonna pray about whether or not I need to participate in the chores of the family. How many parents are going to lay hands on their children, right? Amen? We're going to have a little prayer service today. You may not make it. 
Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Listen to me, it's a privilege to serve God. It's a privilege. I'm amazed that he invites us to participate at all. Look at how we screw everything up. So it's good to serve God in my family. You're going to hate this twos. But I must also spend time with God. Let me tell you what spending time with God is not twos. That's not reorganizing your Bibles. It's not dusting off your Bibles. Oh, my Bible's the cleanest book in the house. Did you read it? Well, no. But it's clean. Right? The two will go to read the Bible, but see all the laundry that needs to be picked up on the way to the Bible. And before you know it, it's four hours later. What happened? No time with God. That's what happened. You can so busy yourself. And do you know why you don't want to stop? Do you know why you don't want to be alone? Because it's you and your shame. You and your feelings. Which is a great time to hang out with God. You're like, God, I feel like crap. He's like, I know. I've been waiting for you to come. God wants you to be honest. Right? When my kids were little, they'd always lie about when they pooped their pants. Did you poop? No. No, I don't know what that smell is. Anybody's kids lie about pooping? You going poop? No. Uh. You're two. You're like, Lord, I feel crappy. He's like, I know. We smell it up here. Come here. Come here. I must also spend time with God and my family. Listen to me, dads, if you're a two, that's great. You do all your own yard work. Yay, you. Yay. But maybe what your kids need on Saturday is not a mowed lawn. Maybe they need you. See, twos will busy themselves with all kinds of things that get in the way of relationship. Twos, God didn't just design you for service. He designed you for relationship. And I know it's scary. I know. But it's scary for all of us. Write this down, twos. I got to watch how my pride affects the way I see myself and others. Let me just be clear about pride. You're not going to deal with it today and never again. You're going to deal with it every day for the rest of your life. Let me tell you when you're going to defeat pride, when you die. When you die and you stand before Jesus and he gives you your glorified body, that's when pride is dead in you. Until that moment, it is with you every single day. And here's the thing. You need to be aware of that nasty monster because he will devour you. Obadiah 1.3, you have been deceived by what? Your own pride. Are we deceived by other people's arrogance? We can read everybody else's arrogance. We can see everybody else's pride. Man, I don't like that person. He is so prideful. He is so arrogant. We cannot see our own pride. We can't. And it creeps in in weird ways. Jesus didn't just come to save you from the wrong things you do in your life. He came to save you from the right things you do in your life for the wrong reasons. That's what the Bible means when it says, even on our best day, our filthy rags before the Lord. People can do the right things with horrible motives. Right? Check your motives. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Next, you've got to learn to be real with others. Now, you're going to hate me for these. But write them down. Please come back next week. Listen to me once, you have to declare. 
What does it mean? Say out loud, declare. Declare. I have needs. And that's okay. Listen to me, twos. If you become really unhealthy, you'll become codependent. And you won't even exist anymore. You will simply exist to serve someone else. And that is, let me tell you, let me tell you what codependents do. They worship someone other than God. Ladies, if you become codependent, you are worshiping your husband and not God, and that's a sin. If you worship your children and not God, you are codependent, and that's a sin. You have to declare that you have needs. You do not exist to serve your children, to serve your husband. You exist for the glory of God and for him. You were made for him, and you must declare that I have needs. I can't do it all. You can't. And when you try, you make it miserable to be around you, so stop. Stop. Take a break. Relax. The laundry will always be there. I have spoken. It will be there. Call me a prophet. There will be laundry tomorrow. The house will be dirty tomorrow. It will happen. Dust will come again. Sometimes you need to take a break. And here's the thing as a two, you feel guilty. Ooh, that's shame. Take it to the cross. Listen to me, twos. Why is it that you feel guilty about obeying the commandment, six days you shall work, one day you don't? Thus saith the Lord, Martha. I have to declare that I have needs. I can't do it all. I can't do it all. Last night we were at dinner and with some friends from our church and one of the pastors, he's a young pastor and he's still learning, seeing his wife. She's got a baby on one arm, a plate on another arm, and a four-year-old on this leg and she's trying to make tacos. I look at him. I say, hey, buddy, we got a problem over here on aisle two. He's like, oh, yeah, I didn't see that. I said, I know. Get over here and help. He works for me, so he had to do it. <laughs> but you know what she is? She's a two. I can do everything. I can have a baby on this arm. I can have a taco plate in this hand. I can have a four-year-old wrestling my leg in this arm, and I can do it. No, you can't. No, you can't. It's okay, moms, to say, can you hold my kids so I can eat? So I can eat. I remember I came home from work one time, moms. My kids are standing at the bathroom door banging. Mom! My wife is just in there. She locked herself in prison so she could have a moment. Man, we need to pray for our moms. You can't even pee alone. Leave her alone. I told my kids, you are not allowed to speak to your mother. Go away. Okay, twos, learn to ask for help. I need help. It's okay. It hurts. <laughs> no, it'd be just so much easier if I helped you. And this is hard. Listen to me, twos. You have to learn to confess your sin of pride because people won't see it because they're going to think you're better than everybody else. Oh, you're always serving. You're always apart. You're always at church. You're always at the kids' school. You're always at the plays. Yeah, and you're judging everybody else and you're self-righteous and prideful. And that sin that's in you is the devil. what made the devil who he is. Don't be the devil. So learn to confess it. Learn to say this, man, my pride got the best of me this week. 
And thank God your core sin is pride, because one of these is going to be lust, and that's always creepy in small group. <laughs> Man, my lust is really out of control this week. Everybody's like, oh. <laughs> Next, be real with God. Who I am comes from God's love, not from what I do. Listen to me, God does not love me because I'm a pastor. He loves me because I'm his son. And you are his son and you are his daughter if you are in Christ Jesus. You're a son of the king. You're a daughter of the king. Next, God will help if I what? Ask. Psalms 86.5, O Lord, you are so good, so ready to forgive, so full of unfailing love for all who ask. Listen to me. God's not going to answer the prayer. You don't pray. I'm going to say it again. I don't think you guys over here got that. God is not going to answer the prayer. You don't pray. We worship a God who answers asked prayers. So I'm going to add a little thing this week. I didn't do it last week for the ones. If you're one, I'm sorry. I'm not perfect. But this actually came from someone in our church in the debrief who said this. I'm married to a one. I don't know how to love her. Been married 30 years. This is why the Enneagram in real self is so important. Because you can be married to a person and desperate love a person and not know how. So, I'm going to talk on the debrief this week more deeply about how to love the one, but today we're going to start with the two. But thank you for your questions. Your questions make our church better. So how do you love a two? Number one, notice them and thank them for their service. When you pick up your kids, would you thank the teachers? You know what you dropped off. Some of you didn't even come for God today. You came for a break. Man, if I was atheist, I'd go to church every week. Free child care? Take them. Wait a minute. These people have to love my kid? Go. It's a commandment. Number two, this is going to kill them. They're going to hate you for this, but do it. Become an Enneagram ninja. Have them name one thing you can do for them and watch them squirm. Can I do a dish? Can I wash a cup? Can I take out a piece of trash? They're not going to want you to do it. Do you know why? They're not real with themselves. They believe they can do it all, and that's a lie. Next, invite them over. Here's what's important. When you don't need something done. Listen to me. We use twos. We do. And that's not right. So whenever we need something done in our house, when my wife needs a man project, we have to call a man. (laughs) I just told my wife this. So whenever she says, I need a honeydew, I have to call Tim. He's the honey. My wife needs a honey done. So I need you, Tim, to come over. It involves screws, hammers, man work. I need you to come over. Here's the thing is Tim will always come over. And, and one of the things I had, to, I had to tell Tim, I said, Tim, you're my buddy. I love you. I care for you. I said, you can come over anytime for no reason. You can come to my house for anything. But I said, you don't need to do a thing. Because Tim needs to know that he matters. Not what he does. He matters. Do you know he does? And so do you, twos. So do you. Okay. You really want to mess with it, too. Do this. Oh, this is so good. Ask them to stop 
and tell you how their time with God and their family is going. <laughs> just, just, just say it and watch them squirm. Tell me about your time with God this week. <laughs> tell me about your time with your kids. <laughs> tell me about your time with your husband. <laughs> Again, why is the two afraid of sitting with people? Because of shame. I'm not good enough. And so they cover, I'm not good enough with, let me help you. Let me help, let me help, let me help, let me help, let me help. That's not being real. And if you want to begin to be real, you've got to start to share. Listen to me, too. You should share this. Man, my shame is really out of control this week. It's really affecting me. It's tiring to be a two. Listen to me. Christianity is not a do religion. It's spelled done, D-O-N. Jesus already did it. He already did it. Rest in the grace of Jesus. Rest. Rest. Let's pray together, church. Heavenly Father, we just love you so much. We love your grace so much. And God, we love the twos. We love the helpers in our church. There's no church without them, man. Most of our families want to unravel and fall apart without the twos. God, we're grateful for people who want to help out and be a part. But God, help them to know that it's not just their service that we love, but it's actually them that we love. And it's You love them and you care about them. God, that they matter more to you than their service. God, that what you want ultimately is you want the Marthas in this church to sit down with Mary and hear your word. God, because the truth is, Martha matters just as much to you as Mary. Lord, help us to be more like Mary and to sit in your presence. And God, help us to bring you our shame. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If this has impacted you and you would like to help us to continue to reach others, please text GIVE to the number in the description. For more information about us and our ministry, go to theremodeledchurch.com.